0: The views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafayette Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network. You are listening to Truth Time with Pastor Monty.
1: Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back In. in. I do have a very particular set of skills. Skills I've acquired over a very long career. You want answers? You can't handle the truth! The problem is having the right worldview and acting upon it, the worldview that gives men and women the truth of what is.
0: Welcome to Truth Time with Pastor Monty, a show about God's truth in today's society from a multi generational pastoral perspective. The Truth Time with Pastor Monty broadcast is a part of Alathia Bible Fellowship's Project Vigilance, a web portal that provides internet Christians out there with helpful content and insights. We're produced by ABF's Vigilance Radio Network. If you're interested in this ministry or our other shows, you can check us out at abfpdx.org, where you can access our more resources, donate, and learn more about us. At the top of the show today, let's remember to help us spread this content by liking, sharing, and subscribing to this episode. And if you haven't yet, go ahead and join our Facebook group where you can stay up to date on this and all our programming. You can find it at vrn.abf on Facebook. Now that all that's said, I'm Pastor Josh, your engineer and senior pastor over at ABF, and this is Pastor Monty.
1: Good morning. This is Truth Time, and I am Pastor Monty. And welcome as we begin another week to look at God's Word in the Christ Factor. Just a sinner, saved by grace. We have been alternating back and forth between the Old Testament and the New Testament. This week we are uh, in the New Testament, in uh, First Thessalonians, we left off two weeks ago talking about uh, the importance of sanctification and of living a life that is sanctified. And the Apostle Paul brought us some specific examples of things that we were to be concerned about, uh, having to do with uh, specifically the examples in the first uh, couple verses. Of chapter four have to do with um, with uh, 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 sexual purity uh, uh, and and how we conduct ourselves and so that's kind of where we left off as we were looking at uh, First Thessalonians and now we pick back up with instructions uh, from the Apostle Paul to the church at Thessalonica. So here he moves on in his conversation. And he talks about understanding brotherly love. He says in verse 9, For uh, now, about brotherly love, we do not need to write you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. In fact, uh, you do love all the brothers throughout Macedonia, yet we urge you, brothers, uh, do so more and more. So um, just to stop there for a second, if we go back, one of the things that we see inside of uh, the book of John, for example, Jesus, when he's talking to his disciples, uh, one of the things that uh, Jesus points out to the disciples is, how shall they be known? They will be known by their love for one another. And So here the Apostle Paul is reiterating that, that that is one characteristic that is present in the church at Thessalonica, and he wants them to continue in that, uh, I dare say, uh, improve upon that uh, as they deal with the churches throughout Macedonia. Now he switches topic again, and uh, he talks about the fact that they are to live a quiet life. He said, make it your ambition, starting in verse 11, make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, To mind your own business and to work with your hands, just as we have told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders, and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. So this is probably one of my favorite passages (laughs) from the the standpoint that uh, we are told basically to... Uh, live a quiet life, do the things that we need to do, work hard, mind our own business, don't be involving ourselves in other people's business, um, so that we are a witness to those that observe our lives, and so that Christ might be praised in that process. And this is uh, an ambition that I believe that all believers should have, is learn how to live in such a way that Christ be glorified. Even as you interact within the church, um, be responsible for your work inside the church, but uh, you don't need to be a busybody sticking your nose into everybody everybody else's business. That's at least my take on it. You want to add anything, Josh? Yeah, I think you...
0: Yes, I think that that's definitely... um, one piece of that puzzle.
1: Okay.
0: I think that people have a tendency to use that passage. Oh, oh let me post that. What's the exact verse again? Eleven, eleven and twelve, I think, of uh, chapter chapter three, three. Okay,
1: of, uh, First Thessalonians. Um,
0: but uh, yeah, while I'm pulling that up, um, I think that people have a tendency to use that passage to preclude themselves from receiving admonishment. Um. They so well, what interesting, do I, so, interesting, uh, so what uh. so what I mean by admonishment is receiving um, biblical counsel um, about the things in their life that need um, work, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think that people have a tendency to use that uh, to keep themselves from receiving biblical admonishment. Um, I think people have a tendency to use that to keep themselves away from the body. Um, I think that that passage does more harm than good in American culture, if that makes sense. Because uh, in America, we, we, like okay. to be, uh, you know, we like to be separate from everybody, and I think that passage kind of extols that virtue. What do you think about that?
1: Well, that's an interesting take on it. I, um, first of all, uh, as we interact in the body of Christ, we are to be involved in the body of Christ and living that Christ might be glorified. So if we've got areas that are uh, counterproductive to that or contradicting that. It's chapter four, by the way. I'm sorry, chapter four, did I say three? I apologize. Yeah, no,
0: no, no it's fine, I'm just letting the listeners know if you're trying to read along, I'll post
1: it. Yeah, I apologize, chapter four. Um, so if we have people that are living contrary to that... They're living contrary to uh, the word. They're living. Con- they're living contrary to being sanctified in the spirit. They're not. Uh, they're not uh, living in an, a way that Christ would be glorified. Then the body has an obligation to speak up and to deal with that. Right. You know. So from that standpoint, I I know you're probably right, Josh. That people do make those excuses. But uh, from a biblical standpoint, they don't have a ground to stand on. Mind right. your own business does, does, doesn't mean that you you can say to other people if they're sinning, mind your own business. Right. It means you, as a recipient, you have a responsibility not to stick your nose into somebody in everybody else's business. And there are people who have other types of sins that uh, come out sometimes even in the body of Christ where they, they have issues with gossiping or they have issues with wanting to be in everybody's business. Um, it's said in, a varied com- in, in various communities, it's said that there's one person who kind of knows everything that's going on you know with all the different people sure. whether you live in apartments or uh, yeah. you know condos or over the fence or whatever so there are people like that we're not to be involved in that type of activity
0: well not not for the sake of not for the sake of knowledge but i think we are to know each other's struggles we are to know each other's sufferings and the scripture is very clear about that we're supposed to the difference is, is that people like to live autonomously and so, I think there. When you say like, um, "Mind your own business," which isn't—that's—that's that's your. Um, that's what this we'll, said.
1: We'll call it paraphrase. No, it's not a paraphrase. That's what this. That's how this translation puts it. Th- what translation are you reading from? Uh, New International. And what's the verse? Um, for.
0: So it's. Uh, Let's see, 10. 411. I'm looking specifically. Oh, so it does. 411. You should mind your own business and work with your hands. There it is. Let me post the actual verse for you. Mind your own business and work with your hands, just as you are told. Yeah. Um, so you so, think
1: somehow that's my, that's not my opinion. That is what scripture says.
0: No, I, I do. I still think it's your opinion. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't think, here's, I think that's it's, funny. I think it's your opinion because what it brings into it is is a concept of ownership in regard to um self basically. When we're talking about minding your own business here, what we're talking about is clearly like, you know, your your you as a part of the body, right? Okay. Like that doesn't preclude other people. So, for instance, if somebody's hungry in the body, is it minding is, are you supposed to mind your own business to... Like, are you not supposed to help that person? Because no, that's not if, minding your own if, business? No, if
1: you can see a need, then right. you're, you're supposed to address the because need. Because
0: that is your own business, right? Because the body is the body?
1: Yes, that's correct. Okay, because so... Because you're a part of the body. Right,
0: right, right. So it is your business. So that's the point I'm making. Like, when it's saying mind your own business, I don't think it's precluding... I, I think you have to be very, very careful about precluding... Uh, uh, hmm, about creating the idea of autonomy within the body i don't think own like your own i don't think that that statement uh equals autonomy, and I think that a lot of people tend to tend to take it that way
1: um I suppose that there are people out there who do tend to take it that way i, it's
0: a, it's, I think it's an american
1: culture thing um, could be could be um i my take on it is that we have we have more of a problem with people sticking their nose in other people's business for the wrong reasons than we do with people minding their own business. You think so? Oh, yeah. I yeah. think it's I think it's kind of equal.
0: I think it's kind of equal. Yeah, you? you think? Yeah, well, I it's think... It's on par, you think? Yeah. Oh, well, I think we just don't have... What we don't have is enough people doing what they're supposed to. Okay. Right? But I think with... Um, like social media essentially oh yeah that oh, has yeah. risen i think the yeah. the concept of um like a voyeuristic attention to yeah. detail yeah. is something that has risen quite a bit but i think you've got more people who want to an- who want to operate within christianity in a clandestine way <laughs> you know closet
1: christians yeah
0: well no no not closet christians closet closet um humanists you know oh, so they're christians okay. but they but they're really all about themselves and so they're operating autonomously within the within the umbrella of christianity and so they you know they use this verse and so we, when you have a christian out there who says um, so when you admonish them in any way you know an admonition doesn't need to be i'm going to sit down with you and we're going to counsel together mm. it can be something as simple as hey i missed you in church right that's an admonishment. When you say something like that and somebody says, "That's not your business." That is a person, that's a that's a uh, that's a Christian that's a person who's operating in a clandestine way <laughs> about their own autonomy. Wow. How dare you make a, an assumption about me not being in church or how dare you make an assumption about my finances or how dare you speak into how I parent and so on and so forth, right? That's them on a clandestine way, like black ops style, like being covert about the fact that they view themselves as autonomous rather than as a part of the whole body, and so I think that this is one of those scriptures that would do well to constantly be paired with, uh, kind of like James and Romans. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, a little bit. And I'm not sure that I. I I'm not sure that I disagree with you. I can't think of you know. Yes, I. There are people out there like that, but I'm taking into consideration the fact that, that you know we have gone we have gone this far looking at Scripture. We we spent quite a bit of time developing an understanding of what it means to be a disciple of Christ. So right up front, the first thing about being a disciple of Christ is that in in that process, you died to self. And so you should not be living in such a way that you glorify self or, or extend, you know, self forward. So I, with that, I would not. So I guess people who do what you're describing, Josh, are people that maybe who have not died to self. Well, that's the majority of Christianity, right? Or, or they're in the process, right? Well, well the, the, they. You're in the process of recognizing that you've died.
0: Despite. So I, I, think you're, I think that you're speaking from a paper perspective, right? Like on paper, this is, this is sort of the truth of it, right? But from pastoral perspective, as I know that you know, the majority of our job, the majority of our calling is dealing with Christians who want to continue to operate in a clandestine way right? They have not repented fully or given fully a certain aspect of their Christianity over, and they're trying to be autonomous. That's That's the first lie right there.
1: Okay, well, that's interesting. I mean, I never thought about it from that standpoint. I mean, I operate from, first of all, what does Scripture tell us? And then I operate from my own life as to how I approach things, trying to be true to what Scripture tells us. And then, from a pastoral perspective, I operate at trying to help people come into line with what Scripture teaches. Lucy Brown has a, she has a paragraph. (laughs) She says,
0: This, to me, is my responsibility to my life before God. It does not mean without accountability or responsibility towards the body. We ought not to take God's blessings or work towards others, nor their own responsibility to themselves before God.
1: I've, I don't know if I agree with that. Well, I'm, it's it sounds uh, sounds good. I like what Lucy Baron has to say. Well, Here's think about
0: th- think about uh, what is it, Jude? Jude, when we intercede before. <laughs> no, let me find it. I'll I'll find it. Say what you're going to say.
1: Well, I was just going to say that that you know, uh, coupled with the idea of interaction within the body, and particularly dealing with those who. Uh, are lacking in a particular area in their growth. We have a responsibility to point that out, particularly if it's sin. You then have to take into consideration the scriptures, and there are multiple, which talk about the fact that before you go and address somebody else's issues, may you make sure you have all your issues cleared up as well. So there's a counterpart to ha- wanting to have to say something. Uh, and I... I do not have a tendency to um, pre-describe attributes to people when they speak to me. So if somebody says to me, you know, I missed you in church, I don't immediately think that they're chiding me or they're calling me into question. Unless it's me, right? Uh, not, (laughs) not, Not even you. I know that you just take it. You just like to poke my buttons in that way. but. But uh, we've already discussed that. The real issue that I look at is, you know, I'm liable to say to that person, well, you know, I'm sorry that you missed me. Or thank you. Or I missed you too. Okay. you. Um,
0: I cannot imagine a world where you've said to somebody, <laughs> I missed you too. <laughs>
1: well, that world does exist. Very. Right. You know, as I, as I become... More softer, more sensitive, (laughs) and more in tune. So, so uh, to to Lucy Brown's
0: (laughs) comment, I just this is this is one of the passages that came to mind. Okay, but um, in terms of uh, reconciling reconciling our thoughts about our responsibility toward letting others live their lives, um, Jude one. Uh, Jude 1, 17 and on, but dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you in the last times, there will be scoffers who follow their own ungodly desires. These are people who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do, who do not have the spirit. But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Be merciful to those who doubt save others by snatching them from the fire to others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. So here's one example of a passage where the world is going to be in a bad place with people following their own ungodly desires. And that leads to death. And our responsibility is to snatch them from that fire.
1: Sure. Got no problem with that. There is a balance or or an equilibrium that has to be maintained here but what the apostle paul is saying particularly here in thessalonians is that as a believer my responsibility is to live a quiet life and to work hard yeah and to do the things that i need to and to and to mind my own business as it relates to my own business yeah and if i do those things and then we couple it with the the balance that is maintained with do I need to talk to somebody? How do I? How you know the introspection that takes place before I observe something and I feel compelled by the Spirit to talk to somebody? Those types of things play into that because we are living a part of we are living uh, within a living body of Jesus Christ. Yeah, and self is to be dead, and we are to be living so that Christ will be glorified. But that's the admonition. Yeah, it's part of an admonition that we need to be uh, introspective about how it is that we approach others. We also need to be sure that we're doing our that we're being responsible ourselves. So those it says here, you know, work with your hands. Work, you know, work. Do work. Don't expect others to take care of you. I think um,
0: that uh, one of the things that really stuck with me through my childhood that you said that you taught me or, or packaged or whatever um is h- handle what you can handle. Yeah. You know, like don't worry about what other people are doing. Handle what you can handle. That's yeah. what you can get a hold of, right? And if you do that, then everything is cool. And I think if you can if there is somebody that you can have an effect on by speaking to them about something that you know in their life, you know, you could make better, you're being kind to them, mm-hmm. then deal with that. But if you can't, like, don't waste your time trying to change other people's minds because that's not between you and them. Do do other things, pray for them, True. be a good example, you True. know. But yeah, and like you said, like, work, like, do the work. I think that's that's the Cain and Abel Story, you know, God says to to Cain, "Why are you so forlorn? Mm-hmm. If you just did what you're supposed to, then you wouldn't feel this way, right? No problem." But instead, he decides to kill his brother. Yeah.
1: Wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Which, no, that's I,
0: true too, right? Like, no, that is true. We that lash out true. against our brothers instead of you know, yeah, doing the work.
1: And and uh, I, it's very difficult. I understand it's difficult. You know, when when uh, when. Uh, <laughs> You guys were growing up, it was not uncommon for us to hear make com- people make comments about various things about how we did things. You know they uh, and your mother and I always you know came back to this passage and to other passages that admonish us to that we are responsible for before God, for how we do things and there will be a judgment. Right. Uh, that is there. Right. And, you know, the only, the, the only thing that I would say uh, is that if you, if you were an individual who were going to comment on how I did things, you had better have your closet clean.
0: See, I don't, I don't mind that personally. You can For me, like comment all you want to. I don't expect you to be perfect. I try to look for the wisdom. I'm open to the idea that maybe you are, you know, Balaam. I leave. You know, like a false prophet that yeah. God's using to speak to me through.
1: Yeah, I mean, I... I just
0: got to be in line with scripture. Line yeah. it up with scripture. I don't care if your closet's clean, but you better be in line with scripture.
1: Well, I agree with better be in line with scripture, and most of the time these people aren't. And That's I, true. And That's I why prefer, their
0: closets aren't clean. And
1: I prefer they just, you know, <laughs> my preferences, my human personal preference is that they shut up and leave me alone. Yeah, not yeah. me. You know, because you start, you start commenting on how I raise my kids, I'm going to say, maybe you better take a look at how you're doing your thing. Or you comment on my finances, none of your business. Um, but if you have to comment, you better make sure that you're coming to me scripturally and, uh, and your closet is clean. Yeah, I, you it, know. I mean, the, 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 that's just my humanity. That's where I come from. Yeah,
0: I guess so. Just, you know, no prophet is perfect. Certainly not. You know, no, like, it's it's the message that matters.
1: So it's, where, it's whether it lines up with scripture and, you know. Well, that's the reason why when I was pastoring, which is not right, but when I was pastoring, um, people would come to my wife. Right. And want to talk to her about things that they were annoyed with me about. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And, you know, I mean, how many times? And then she would complain to me about, you know, um, because they shouldn't be coming to her. And I got so... Well, she, they shouldn't be coming to her in lieu of you. Well, they learned, they. she learned... That's called gossip. Yeah, yeah. She she learned how to, you know, tell them, you need to talk to Pastor Monty about that. yeah. Because, uh, and you know, most of them are wimps and wouldn't come do it. So, for <laughs> those of you who are
0: listening out there, if you have an issue with myself or my father or any other, or you know, your pastor, go talk to them directly. Yeah. Don't talk to their wives. That's an yeah. undue burden. Or, God forbid you talk to their children. Yeah, don't do that. That's not cool. Yeah, don't do that. Like, as a pastor's child, because I've had many people say things about my father as a pastor... <laughs> uh. That's not okay.
1: No, and my advice to you is if you have an inkling to come and talk to the pastor, by all means do so. But you had better had taken the biblical steps necessary to make that type of a confrontation.
0: Well, I think the other thing is you should be discerning about what hill you want to die on. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> you know, that's that's the other thing, right? Like I, I'm all for the concept of admonishment. I think it's really important. I think we need to counsel each other in that way. But there are th- certain things that aren't necessary to right. counsel each other about, yeah, you yeah. know, that are, that that really are not prescriptive. They're descriptive issues. Right, right. And God doesn't really care whether, you know, you have peanut butter and jelly or whether you just have peanut butter. Right, right. You know, unless God has made that clear, like, seriously,
1: let that person make their choice. Well, particularly when it comes to how you operate within your family unit. So when you're a husband and wife and you have children involved and you have set up a mechanism within your family unit, you know, can it be improved on? Sure. Do you do things the same as everybody else? Not likely. Um that's not necessarily a biblical issue, unless you're doing things that you know are uh, contrary to your witness to Christ. But how you raise your children, the the, the methodology you use—that's that's, that's uh, you know that's there's it, a that's, large there's differences.
0: There's a large uh, yeah. It's not monolithic or unilateral. There is a large. Breath of space in yeah. which you can raise your children in a biblical way.
1: Yeah, now you could, you can, if somebody, see, if somebody comes to me and says, I'm having issues and I don't know how to deal with it, then that opens up the opportunity for me to share with them. But yep. to go out and say, I've noticed this or that, and it doesn't involve me, that's like, that's not your business, dude.
0: I think it's fine to say, I've noticed this or that, because I care about you. I thought I'd share it with you, but then leave it there. You know, like I think that that's fine. What always gets me is when somebody recognizes, somebody recognizes that your position is one that you, they recognize that your positions are different from each other. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they say to you, like, like if, if you, (laughs) sorry, they want you to have the freedom, right? Right. Um, and they want to have the freedom to have another position, but then they're mad that you take uh, such a strong stance in your freedom. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. See, there are things, I think that you have the freedom to do things, and, and I think you have the freedom to disagree with me about something. But basically, if you're taking that position, what you're telling me is that I shouldn't be choosing my position out of full conviction. mm right? right. Like, yeah, I'm walking in freedom and you're walking in freedom. And I get that you get to walk in freedom and I get to walk in freedom and we can walk alongside each other. But I absolutely think you're wrong. Of course, I think you're wrong. I am fully convinced that what I'm doing is the way in which you should do it. I just know that I can't make that judgment. So for me in my house, this is the way that we're going to walk. And I'm not going to judge you for that. But do I think that you should walk the way I walk? Of course, I do. What,
1: and and what? <laughs> that's ridiculous. And, and that's like, very difficult. Yeah, of course. That's difficult because that that type of a uh, an attitude or a mechanism. Um, sets you up for problems uh, down the road because then you get this superiority complex, and I mean it's a very difficult balance. What you're describing, well, but people, people have do exactly what you're saying.
0: Well, I I extol it. I have no problem with. I have no problem with saying I am fully convinced in my own mind that what I'm doing is correct. Well, or you wouldn't be doing it exactly, and that's my problem. I have a problem with people saying. How can you say that I have the freedom to do something, but you think that you're correct? The two are not mutually exclusive to each other. And what I would say is if you don't think that what you're doing is fully correct, but you think that you have the freedom to do it, then what are you doing? Yeah. That means that your position, you don't, you know, you, you don't believe in like, look, I like DC, DC comics more than I like Marvel comics. And that's why I celebrate it more. Do I think that that's correct? Yeah, absolutely. Do I think that I have the freedom to disagree with it? Uh, That you have the freedom to disagree with me? Yeah, because I don't think God cares.
1: Yeah, he doesn't.
0: (laughs) Right? I don't think God cares. So it's not a moral judgment. Right. That being said, do I think you're wrong? Yeah. And the two things can exist at the same time. I can think that you're making a wrong decision. So is it worth it for me to give you... Is it worth it for me to treat you like you're sinning when you turn left instead of right? but but i know that you're going to end up
1: in the same place eventually no right. it's not yeah your 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 issue then is um to not make that uh disagreement on on a path that you're going to take um be what it's not right don't, exactly don't say it's a sin just because you view things differently
0: right it shouldn't you shouldn't make it be what it's not yes. but you should also allow it to be what it is sure
1: which is to say I fully disagree with you. Yeah, the only thing that, yeah, and and that's a great uh, discussion. the The only thing that that I would throw in there is that um, normally we're going to be proven right, or we're going to be we're going to be proven uh, correct or not uh, sometime in the future on most things. Right. Yeah. So when you come, so there's. Let me just share with you that uh, as a prophet that that when you down the road, when you have issues in that area that we were disagreeing in um, and you find out that I'm correct, don't feel bad. Come to me and recognize, yes, I guess you were <laughs> correct, and I will gladly come alongside you and help you
0: well, as you know, as one with, with a prophetic gift, you know, talking to one with a, a gift of mercy, like a softer gift or something like that, right, right. what I would say to that is, don't expect me to not fully be convinced oh, yeah, of yeah, my yeah. position. Yeah, And I won't expect you to not fully be convinced of your position. Like, we can do that, people. And I think we're so politically correct. We're so social justice-minded. We're so bent on this idea of not imposing the superego upon the id that we uh we want people to to affirm our position wa- a- and agree with it right it's like <laughs> yeah. we don't need that to you don't need that like i don't need to affirm your position in order to agree with you i can I can disagree with you, or I can agree with you that you have the right to have the position, and I can disagree with your position. Yeah. So I can affirm your value, and I can disagree with you. Yes. This yes. is, you know, it's like something that's lost in our society. And and it's like if I disagree with you, I hate you, or something. It's well, not and, true. And,
1: and, and normally, what happens then is that people that are strong in their conviction are living a particular way or make the decisions they are because they have thought them through, they've talked them through with their spouse. Which I expect they you have to do. Convict- yeah, you, but, but most people don't.
0: I'm saying, and, if you disagree reason, with me,
1: I, I hope that you disagree with me because you're fully convinced. And the reason why many people get uh, upset and intimidated is because they haven't taken those steps. Yeah. So, you know. I I would just say that the basis of this scripture I think is important live quietly yeah you know don't don't mind your own mind your own business which the primary
0: the primary business that you should be minding is the operation of the body of Christ that's,
1: toward that's being tender to each other and wholehearted toward God. And your yes, your relationship with the Lord, your relationship with the body, those are part of minding your own business. And then work hard. You know, don't be dependent on other people. Work hard and uh, God will bless you in that. Okay, we're going to close this discussion here because uh, next we're going to start going into a very exciting topic uh, where we're beginning to talk about the second coming of the Lord. Uh, let's uh let's do a little bit of uh, what's up with that Well, you know, every once in a while, I try to find something that uh, will encourage uh, those of you that need to find uh, some extra money and want to find uh, some unique jobs. Sure. Um, you know, uh, over in Britain, there's a website uh, for a British, uh, a British strapping company that is making a challenge that they will pay $636 for somebody who is willing, they're taking applications, for somebody who is willing to watch 24 James Bond movies in 24 days. Our producer, Jasmine, would love to do this. <laughs> What's a... Uh, it, well, it's, it's uh.
0: British website. What, yeah, British,
1: it's a British scrap uh, company. A scrap company? Yeah, I, I was trying what to is figure that? out the Well, I was trying to figure out, I don't know the connection. But uh, that's what they're offering. And that's that's current. That's like in February. So you know. Yeah, jump, I see it. Jump How? on the jump on the computer and see if maybe you can do that. Are you, you're one of those rare people that's seen every Bond film, right? <laughs> I've seen every one, and I have some favorites and some not so much. I love James Bond. Oh, I love for him. the record. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, it's it's great. But um, your mother thinks that a couple of them she has preferences, and she you know she loves Sean Connery. Um, she didn't like the Remington steel. Um, Pierce Brosnan? Yeah, Pierce Brosnan. She didn't like uh, Pierce things. She didn't like Pierce Brosnan because she felt that they made those look too realistic. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's
0: what she- Brosnan is a cross between Roger Moore and Timothy Dalton.
1: I just, I just love the comedy of Roger Moore.
0: Yeah, I know you do.
1: Yeah, he just he just got some great things in there, you know. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah well, that's okay, that's so yeah. The um, uh, what was I gonna say about that? Oh yeah, um, we should now maybe we shouldn't. I was gonna say <laughs> we should gonna, do a poll to see who the best James Bond who, is. Like
1: the best James Bond, yeah, yeah. John
0: Parker weighs in and says Pierce Brosnan is Bond. Lol.
1: <laughs> oh, there you go.
0: Um. Yeah, okay, so... so I, I'm one of those rare people who not only has seen all the James Bond films, but has read several of the books. Oh, all really? Of, all of the original wow. books. And what I'll tell you is that Daniel Craig is the closest thing to, the, to Ian Fleming's James Bond. See,
1: and I don't like Daniel Craig.
0: Well, he's only got
1: one more movie, so <laughs> you're in luck. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so keeping in line with that and the idea that Q and... And uh, what have you existed in Bond's world? Yes. Um, hey, there's a there's a jet-powered suit in Dubai. Okay. So, you know, the one of those flight suits? Yeah. You know, a wing suit? Yeah. There's a jet-powered wing suit in Dubai uh, where they have actually... Uh, it was a three-minute flight. The guy took off from the ground... Uh uh-huh. So he didn't jump off of something, but he took off from the ground.
0: Right, like Falcon in the Avengers.
1: Yeah, yeah. He took off from the ground, and uh, he reached the speeds of uh, 150 miles an hour and reached an altitude of 6,000 feet. Where was his funeral? And Well, what they did was... <laughs> <laughs> So then instead of floating back to, instead of, you know, coming back to the ground. They parachuted him? Yeah. That's a cop out. Come on. They opened the parachute at 5,000 feet.
0: Wow. So he ejected his rocket suit and then like
1: just, or no, he just got, it stopped it. It just stopped it and, and, and parachuted. He could have glided the rest of the way down. Do you remember the movie The Rocketeer?
0: Yeah, yeah. So The Rocketeer was a Disney movie directed by Joe Johnson back in like the uh like eighties? Yeah. Maybe maybe like early nineties, like ninety. Yeah. And uh it didn't really take off. <laughs> that being said. Um, yep. Yeah, yeah. It didn't really it didn't really uh do what it was supposed to, but that being said, it's kind of gained cult classic static status but uh disney just announced that they're remaking it or they're relaunching they're, oh, interesting. they're relaunching the rocketeer yeah interesting with uh, uh supposedly it's a continuation but that just reminds me of the rocketeer because that's like what the rocketeer
1: was well they said their next step is to try to make it so that uh, the, the he could land you think without parachute <laughs> and and that's where the what's up with that comes in is yeah opening a parachute at five thousand feet come on yeah just you know drop it so i'm not sure how they would do that you you know they uh they did do uh, you know the jetpacks like the bond Uh jetpack yeah there's a guy that actually flew across the english channel wearing one of those really yeah okay yeah so i mean they've improved because those were only lasted for like you know maybe two or three minutes
0: if you really want to if you want to see that i think you'll see it in thunderball yeah for the record, right. James Bond's Thunderball.
1: Right, where he drops down into fourth, the... I think it's the fourth movie. Where he drops down into the thing of tears or whatever it is, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Okay, one last thing here. Um, and this may strike a lot of people. Uh, have you all heard that Judge Judy is uh, retiring? Thank the Lord. Maybe you haven't heard the backstory. Oh, boy. Here's the backstory. She's retired. She's been on. She's been on the air. She has. This is her twenty-third year on the air, and uh, so the the backstory is that CBS and the uh, and one of the, her one of the major sponsors, uh, uh Cosmetics, uh, confronted her because they discovered that Judge Judy was not only Judge Judy but she is a uh, she's a uh she has a whole cosmetic empire that she owns and runs that's not connected to her name that's not connected to Hopefully. her name no no it's it's <laughs> uh it's it's alluring or something the alluring skin skincare skincare. oh so they figured so that so they said they said to her listen you cannot be behind an empire that is uh, running contrary to one of our sponsors. So you have to choose. Do you want to run your skin cream empire or do you want to be Judge Judy? Interesting. She said, "That's." I'm going that's, to run my skin cream empire. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. That's so. really bizarre. And, and when you listen no to. No offense,
0: th- but have you seen Judge Judy?
1: Well, when you, oh, that's funny. When you look
0: <laughs> she, I mean, she—it's not supposed to be offensive. She just, she looks her age. It's well, like
1: she's, she's old. I know. You know, she's she's right up there. Um, but that's that's what happened, and so they, you know, so but nobody knew that and she secretly it, it, was a yeah that she was secretly that she bought and built this uh, aging. It's an anti-aging thing. So the cream <laughs> is an anti. Is an anti-aging cream. Nobody knew that she had done this, and then when it finally came to light, CBS and and uh, they said we're not having that after 23 years. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Well, I have a what's
0: up with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's based on it's based on uh, our earlier conversation about Bond. Oh, okay. Oh my gosh, John Parker, hashtag scandal. Everyone's judging you cosmetics. That's funny. <laughs> Um, in 1983, a movie was released called Never Say Never Again yeah. that uh, starred Sean Connery as James Bond, except for it was a straight up remake of the movie Thunderball, which yeah. we just mentioned um, right now. I remembered what's talking and, about. Uh, and that that's my what's up with that. Yeah. Why'd they do a remake? It's literally the same movie as Thunderball. Yeah. It's the same movie, except it does have Kim Basinger. In the 80s. So that's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, and the storylines, the the setting and stuff is a little bit different. It's
0: Thunderball.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't disagree. I'm just saying. It's
0: Sean Connery playing the exact same character, doing the exact same thing, you know. 20 years later or You know, whatever. if
1: he could get them to pay for it, why not?
0: And they did. And <laughs> what's crazy is like when you go to like Hulu or places like that that like have Bond movies together, yeah. they'll they'll show that as part of Albert R. Broccoli's 007 collection. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> Just letting you guys know. That's my what's up with that. What is there, up with that?
1: There you go. There you go. Well, the next thing with Bond, like you said, there, uh, um, Daniel Craig has one more movie. Yeah, which is looking good. It'll be interesting to see what they do because there has some, there's been some speculation out there. Should they have a black bond? Should they have a a a woman bond? Which I think the fans just I don't have
0: a problem with said no way. I don't have a problem with a black bond per se. I do have a problem with a female bond. Yeah, the um, because that would. Totally changed the dynamic of the character.
1: Well, and if you've if you're if you've watched all the movies with Bond, you know that the character, the CIA character Felix, yeah, has uh, changed uh, several. Oh values. yeah, in, he started out as Jack Lord. Yeah, Jack Lord in
0: Doctor yeah, no. and Doctor yeah. No. Jack Lord, for those of you who don't know, is the original. McGarrett from In Hawaii, Hawaii 5 yeah. Also was almost Captain Kirk on the original Star Trek.
1: Yeah. I, I don't I see Jack Lord as Captain Kirk.
0: Well, apparently neither did the producers. <laughs> exactly.
1: All right. Well, there's what's up with that. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about um, cultural insanity. And we've been dealing with... We've been dealing with... Um, Marriage, and the subject of marriage, in particular the insanity that goes along with being married. <laughs> Which there can be insanity because... Sure. So what what we've been talking about up to this point is just the, the differences between how men and women approach things and how they then see things. And we left off our discussion noting that there are definite... Uh, that first of all, they are by design, and that there are definite differences between how men approach things and how women approach things. And, and those gener- they, they are generalities. There are some people that will you know come and say, how can you make that type of a, a glaring generality? Um, and I would say I can make that partially because that's what Scripture has to say, that God created them uniquely male and uniquely female. But uh, also, uh, I've lived it for the past 40-plus years. Um, and, you know, when I, um, when I go into a store, uh, I'm a hunter-gatherer. So I know what I'm after. I know what I'm after. I'm there for that, and nothing calls to me. Um, when my wife goes to the store, we can be, like, walking down the aisle... And off to the right hand side, just off to the left, there's a blouse that calls to her, and I look beside myself, and all of a sudden she's gone i'm like where where'd she go?" and she'll go over and she'll look at it and when I was so i I think I mentioned this, but I'll just mention it again. Uh, just to exaggerate the point of, of the differences. I feel, you know, I feel like
0: this point has been exaggerated
1: for at three least, episodes. At least in regard to shopping. I think I said before, you know, we used to carry walkie-talkies back before phones were available. Um, it's true. Just so I could keep track of them. I can attest
0: to that. I thought it was ridiculous when I was a kid and you bought my mom a phone just so you could keep track of her. But, of course, I didn't really understand that the phones were blowing up and pretty soon everybody would be carrying a phone.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that was my justification for trying to get modernized. Because, uh, but- you know,
0: back in my day, I know back in your day, they held up like tin cans with string, but <laughs> back in my day, you had to find telephone booths.
1: Right, right, right. Well, you know, and the the reason is, is because, look, if you if you lose your spouse when you're shopping, this is on either end. Gals, if you if you uh, misplace your spouse because you're off on a tangent somewhere and he's fixed on what he was there for, or or, or the reverse that I've just described, you know it can take you uh, upwards of twenty minutes if it's a large store just to figure out where they are. And so, and we won't talk about that. But there's a crisscross method that you use. To, to find your to, spouse. To, to find your spouse. Okay. Um, but
0: having, uh, having... That would be a real interesting um, Truth Time remote. Yeah, having... Pastor Monty finds his spouse in the store.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how long it takes you to find her. Yeah, but, but having done that, um, that's just one of the many differences. We have... We have li, li, if, if, uh, if I say that I like something, my wife will go, no, no. I don't like that. Uh, when it comes to, we were so excited. We were we were almost 10 years into our marriage. I had just started working for the IRS. So we were uh, almost, well, we were a little over 10 years being married. And we actually agreed. Our first furniture, you remember our first furniture, Josh, when we lived uh when we we got new furniture, when we I just remember when we had this
0: gross furniture that had like birds on it.
1: It Wasn't gross.
0: It was gross, guys.
1: We actually agreed. <laughs> we, well, w- that's the. First I thought it
0: was gross back then.
1: That's the first. I <laughs> was a set, child. That's the first set of furniture that we actually agreed on. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you guys
0: have. Admittedly a different style than I do And I, here's where Here's where I'm just going to say Before you get bothered That I called it gross Remember what we talked about Yeah, yeah Right? That, Especially yeah, no. to my mother Who I know is listening Remember what I talked about Just moments ago <laughs> That we can disagree with each other And we should both be fully convinced about it And not have it affect our love for each other Or our <laughs> Christian walk And yeah. we can still be tender hearted Toward right, each other That's right
1: It was so, gross My... The, but that it's it's a learning process. I'll just give you one other story, um, you know, because I have many to pull from after forty sure. years. Sure, um, I was excited to buy my wife a ring because she had said that she wanted uh, a particular kind of ring. Uh-huh. So I was excited to buy a ring for her. So I went to LaRogues that They're not paying me to promote them. I I went to LaRogues Jewelers and I I bought a uh-huh. ring for her. It. it was a it was a beautiful little thing. It had uh, it had uh, two pearls, with a diamond in the middle. Okay. And yeah, I remember I, that ring. It, it's beautiful ring. Um, I I and so I was so proud of myself. I I you know packaged it and gave it to her. She looked at it and went. That's really nice. Thank you. But it's not what I want? And I could tell that there wasn't a great deal of excitement in the receipt of that. Not to her bad, but uh, after a week or two, I talked to her about it and said, you know, um, you don't like what I bought you? And she says, no, no, no. I appreciate the thought. Okay. Here's men and women communicating, right? I didn't ask about the thought i asked about the ring you don't like the ring well i appreciate the thought no 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 you're not addressing what i said the ring no i don't like it i don't like the style i don't like of how i great so from that i learned here's the thing i was gonna say was there a lesson learned there there is a lesson in there when it comes to jewelry I do not, and my wife has several diamond rings. You and, don't buy your wife jewelry I, anymore. <laughs> no, that's, I, I do not buy her jewelry by myself. Mm, got it. Yes. I, I, I tell her, we're going to go buy jewelry, and I want you to pick whatever diamond you want. And my wife is, is, uh, is very conservative, so she's not one of those women that are going to take advantage of me. Um, but I say, buy what you want. And make sure that that's that's the style and and what have you, and so she goes out and picks what she wants, and then I pay for it.
0: You know, I'll be honest. uh, That's kind of how I got I got my engagement ring. Yeah, it's true. But I just I well, I took Michelle with me, and because we you know we knew we were going to get married, so I took Michelle with me, and I said, choose. You know, actually, she might have said. Uh, I'm gonna give you like three choices. I'll be equally happy with all of them. You choose which one. Okay. So okay. that way there is a you know there's a like an air of choice, and I can have my head padded Like good job, Josh. <laughs> you did it. Yeah.
1: So I have learned over the year, even even today. Look, uh, my wife will say to me, she'll say, she'll say, how does this look? hmm It's I'll a loaded go, like, question. I'll, oh man, I'll go like, um, it looks good. I like it. She goes, "I don't like it. I'm on change." <laughs> <laughs> I always say it looks bad.
0: So I've 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 If you don't like that answer, don't ask me.
1: <laughs> well, I've learned to try the psychology thing where I know that she's going to give me the opposite so I give her the opposite. Right. But you know, she has a, she has training in psychology. Right. So she knows when I'm trying to work her.
0: That's so just cuz you have tells.
1: We have just come to the point that's why I don't play poker. We have just come to the point where um, I, you know, I will give her my opinion, my expressed opinion, if she asks for it. But uh, I know I'm walking on shaky ground there. And we just look at things entirely different. There's a great book that is written um, that uh, talks about this very thing. You know how people say that, you know, in order to be successfully married, you and your wife have to be the same and you have to have the same likes and the same dislikes and all that nonsense. And the premise of this book uh is um is exactly the opposite.
0: Well good, let's talk biblically about it for a second then. Why is that the opposite?
1: Well, because the 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 concept behind the concept behind um having a partner that is Different than you in regard to how they view things and their likes and dislikes is that remember from a scriptural standpoint, your spouse is to be uh, a helpmeet. So that means in the areas where you have strengths, um, your 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 wife is going to compliment you, and you you she may have uh, difficulty in those areas. In the areas where you have weaknesses, she will have strengths. And the two of you will be able to work through and to complement each other as you become one unit. Right. So that your strengths become strengths, your weaknesses become weaknesses for each other. And the two of you rounded out complement each other. And so your marriage becomes strong because of that. Where if you both have the same strengths and the same weaknesses, then you then, become lopsided. Yeah, you do. You become lopsided. Yeah, and and Agreed. you want you want to be a whole person, and so that's the reason why, uh, if you're looking for uh, a spouse, um, you need to pray for that person who understands, who understands themselves, and who understands. Um, that God has for them uh, somebody who will match and help them develop where their weaknesses are and tone down their strengths. Mm-hmm. And and uh, because sometimes, at least I know in my case and in your case too, Josh, that uh, okay. some, sometimes Here we go. well, sometimes our strengths overpower people. Yes, this is true. And so, learning how to balance that so people are not overpowered. That's something that I learned from, see, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm uh, um, a choleric. If you study temperaments, I'm a choleric. If you like the A-type, I'm an A-type personality. If you, you know, I'm a prophet according to Scripture. My spiritual gift is prophecy. So I'm direct and right on and forceful and all those things. My wife is melancholy. She's laid back and she you know uh is reserved in giving her her take on things and she's more calm about those types of things that balances me yeah and, and i need that and we're meant to
0: be we're meant to be um made better by our spouses
1: yeah yeah so that's why um i would encourage you know you if you're if you're looking to go that route uh you know you, that's the way you need to pray you need to pray that god will bring you that person that will help to be able to fulfill and balance you because that's god's design Okay, so we're gonna um, we've only got what another minute or so so probably a good idea unless you want to add anything else uh, to end our discussion uh... there uh... and we'll pick up uh... in the old testament uh... next week when we get together
0: Uh, Lucy Brown just wanted to say that you should let love, specifically agape or unconditional love, permeate the relationship.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: What I'll say to that is there's this passage in scripture that says love covers a multitude of sins. And I think that that passage is best applied here, Mm -hmm. um, where, again, there's, there's, you know, there's... There's hills worth dying on, and there's hills that aren't worth dying on. Yeah, choose your battles. And yeah, then you should choose. You should choose love, y'all. No, um, <laughs> no. But in the areas where you strongly disagree with somebody, um, you know, where it's hard to get along with them, that's where. But but you know that you know that you value their place in your life. Yeah. You know, so they're not sinning, but they are fully convinced. You know that they're not sinning, but you know that you disagree with them. You should value their place, how much more with your spouse, but you should value their place in your life and how that makes you better, right? And this is where I would say, let your love for them cover that multitude of, you know, sin. Let that look like them missing the mark of, you know, The standard that you would hold.
1: Yeah. So, and and couple, so coupling that, that's a bit of
0: an extrapolation, but
1: that's okay. So, coupling that with our discussion in regard to uh, having conviction about why you do things and where you're at, uh, and then having a spouse that you live with that may have different convictions. And so now you've got the possibility of conflict there. Yeah. Um, next week, we're going to uh, touch on uh, the solution to that. Uh, as a teaser, I will throw out there, which is uh, submission. Mm. And we'll talk about that. Okay. Um,
0: well, we're going to go ahead and close out the show. So... If you are someone who's seeking answers or you want to know more about your faith, if you're new to Jesus Christ or the Bible, we want to help you. So check out the help tab at abfpdx.org. Remember that we're always open to questions. Pastor Monty is ready and waiting to deliver some sage advice and insights. So don't be shy. The Truth Time with Pastor Monty podcast is a resource of Aletheia Bible Fellowship of Portland, Oregon. And it's a webcast on the Vigilance Radio Network, a resource developed by Project Vigilance ABS web portal that provides helpful and interesting online resources for the church, local and at large. If you want to be a part of the VRN um, and what we're doing here, you can join Vigilance Radio Network's Facebook page to get access to all of our shows, including Culture, Insanity, um, The Upper Story, our weekly sermons. If you've enjoyed Truth Time, consider supporting us right on the screen. You'll see where you can donate. Uh... Although there's a period there, so it should just be, <laughs> it should just be dollar sign ABFPDX no period. But anyway, um, you can uh, do that. You can head over to abfpdx.org itself and donate, or you can you know, do Venmo, Cash App, whatever you want to. Even a dollar a month would be put to good use for the gospel. And if you're poor like us, that's cool. You can still partner with us by remembering to like, subscribe, and share this podcast, which you can always find on ABF's YouTube page, Instagram, and Facebook, and the VRN Facebook group. So take a second to visit the group page so that you can stay up to date whenever we share new content each week. And remember that that content is shared on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. We'll see you then. I'm Pastor Josh, your engineer and senior pastor over at ABF, and this has been Pastor Monty. The views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafayette Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network.